Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise God in this place. Hallelujah. Come on, let's worship the living God. Hallelujah. Come on, isn't God good? Man, you know, the enemy all week long has been trying me. Amen. And I, I you know, I mean, that happens daily. I ignore him. But my wife was in a car accident. You know, some, somebody ran up into her and she called me on her way to work. And, and then when she called me, I can hear the lady outside yelling and screaming at her. But the woman hit her. You know, you can plainly see the side of her car was damaged real bad. The woman ended up getting a citation and, you know, and uh, she tried to deny it. But the, the officer was there and, and there was a whole host. And then about two days later, somebody ran into the back of me. It wasn't that bad. And I'm like, man, Lord, what's going on? And then there have been other issues and things that have been challenging. You know, Lord, what, what am I going to minister about, Lord? I mean, I had something in mind, and then it just didn't settle. And then I had something else in mind, and it didn't settle. And finally, the Lord spoke, you know. And uh, so I'm going to pray, and uh, we're going to get right into the word. Amen. You can stay with me for a moment, if you don't mind. Father, we just thank you for the word of the Lord. Lord, I honor you today, Father. I pray that you will have free course today, Lord. Have free reign over the word of God. I pray that it be effective in the lives of your people. Let every ear be a hearing ear, Lord God. Let every heart be receptive to what thus said the Lord. Father, we thank you. We love you right now. And I pray for the anointing of God to fall in this place like never before, Lord God. Right now, we come against depression, lack, poverty, sickness, disease in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, we lift your name on high right now in the name of Jesus and we thank you right now. We give you glory and we give you honor. Now, you can stay with me for a moment, Jay. You know, I'm just waiting on him. See, sometimes you just got to wait. You know, there are times where I'll just jump right in like, rah, 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 you know. And it seems like I'm coming right at you. But I want to give a disclaimer right now anyway. You know, there's a story of Smith Wigglesworth. And uh, Smith Wigglesworth was a great man of God. He was a mighty evangelist of, of God back in uh, early, I guess, late 1900s or... Uh, I mean, uh, early, yeah, whatever. But uh, anyway, there was a story when Smith Wigglesworth came and he kicked in. He just bust into this man's house. And uh, he gave him what thus said the Lord. I mean, he just, the man was in shock. His mouth was wide open. Smith just came in his house and said, boom, 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 this is what the Lord said. And then he turned around, did a bow face. He closed the door. And while the man was still sitting in shock, he heard a knock at the door. And he came back to the door and it was Smith. And uh, the man's jaw fell up. He said, <laughs> Smith said, now I'm here to visit you. That was from God. So, <laughs> hey, 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 listen, so take no offense to the word. <laughs> if, 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 it, if it hurts, say ouch, amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm still waiting on him. I'm trying to find the stream. You know, God will place a stream. I like to flow in God's stream, and I, 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 I tend to wait for God, and I know sometimes you're like, man, what's he doing up there? But I, want, I don't want to say anything that he doesn't want me to say, and I don't want to leave out anything that he wants me to speak. You know, I want to be used by God. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. I say, thank you, Lord. You know, the Holy Spirit never fails us. He always comes through. There are times where, you know, I, it's not a time when I get up here. Hallelujah. There it is. It's not a time that I don't get up here where, man, I've been preaching for years and my stomach is flip-flop. It's not a time where I, I'm about to preach and I'm like, what is this? Why am I so nervous? Because I'm carrying something. 
You know, and, and the enemy is always trying to get you to abort what you're carrying. You know, there are things that are happening in your life and in your family, and it, it will always cause you to try to abandon what God is trying to do. And so when I get up here many times, you know, it's like, man, you know, but I thank God that he's always faithful. He always shows up, doesn't he? He always shows up. You know, we've been teaching on heaven come. Thank you, brother. Pastor Malik has been teaching on a series of heaven come. And, and I was trying to focus on that. I was trying to focus on that all week and a week before that when I knew that I was going to be ministering heaven come, heaven come. And the Lord did give me something on that, I believe. But yet the Lord changed it. He, he did a, <laughs> And I said, Lord, okay, man, I was set for heaven come. <laughs> and so now he said, well, no, that's, 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 that's not my heart for today. And... Uh, so if you have your Bibles, could you, well, could you put on the screen for me uh, Revelation 3, 15 through 18? Revelation 3, 15 through 18. Hallelujah. The Lord's giving me a word. He said, getting unstuck, breaking free from a mundane Christian walk. Getting unstuck, breaking free from a mundane Christian walk. Amen. He says, in the 15th verse, he said, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou would uh, work cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou say thou rich and increased with good, and have need of nothing, and knoweth not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So in, 18, in the 18th verse, he said, I counsel thee to buy of me Gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich in, in white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thy eyes with eyesight, that thou mayest see. See, so now we come to uh, one of the seven churches, one of the, the last church, the seventh church of uh, one of the candlesticks, and it's the church of Laodicea. And God is laying down an indictment against them. Now, he never reproved them in this, nor did he commend them in this. Amen. He didn't angrily speak to them because they didn't have any gross sin. Amen. You see, the other churches, he reproved and he commended them on what they were doing. They were like the opposite of the church of Philadelphia. Amen. And the Lord began to deal with me. He said, listen, my people have become mundane in a sense. Now, the word mundane, one of the meanings is earthly and worldly. Amen. And see, that doesn't mean that you're out there doing gross sin. It doesn't mean that you don't go to church. It doesn't mean that you're doing something that's so uh, 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 drastic, amen. But what it's saying is, is that they've gotten comfortable, amen, in the way, uh, in their walk with Christ. They've gotten too relaxed, amen. They've gotten too predictable, amen. So now we come, as I said, to the last of the seven churches, the opposite of the church of Philadelphia. There was nothing reproved, angrily spoken to, and there is nothing commended in this. Yet this was one of the seven candlesticks. And uh, here Henry writes, for, for a corrupt church may still be a church. Here we have a church that's so similar to many churches today in many ways. The Spirit of God is calling us to move from an ordinary to an extraordinary, to move out of our comfort zone and into the plans and the purposes of God. No more mundane Christian living going about our days just like the world, being stuck in the normal courses of life, resembling what the world deems as Christians, but we're far from what Christ would consider. 
We have the outward appearance. We go to church on Sundays. We give our tithes and offerings. We have some duties in the church, but we're not even making a ripple in the service of the Lord in humanity. We become mundane in many ways, amen, predictable, pertaining to this world of earth as contrast with heaven, worldly, earthly, common, but now ordinary. Now, I know I'm not talking here at Relentless, amen. It might just be somebody you know, but somebody need, somebody will be watching this and have an understanding. I've been to many churches, amen, when I walked in and I saw them excited and it seemed that they were worshiping, but I never felt the spirit of the Lord. Amen. Because they were going through the mold. Amen. But I thank God when I come here to relentless, I feel the presence of the Lord. How many of you can agree with that? Amen. We're hungry for Jesus in this place. Amen. And we're, we're people that are willing to make change and adjustment. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Never experiencing the power of the living God, their life having no relationship or devotion and anything they do for God or others is always a sacrifice. Their religion is built on a self-centered me, mine and I religion. You and I will never have uh, achieve greatness for Christ living like this. It's a trick of the enemy. Edward Burke once wrote that the only way for evil to triumph is, is for good men to do nothing. And many times when you see a church like the church of Laodicea who had all the accolades, they had everything they needed, amen, but yet they were not effective in the, 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 the ministry of the gospel, amen. They were not effective in reaching the people, amen, although they had all the content, they had everything, they had education, they had what they thought, they had wit, but they didn't have wisdom, amen. You see, so, so here, here we find this church. And the heavy charge drawn against this church and its ministers and its people by one who knew them better than they knew themselves. He said, thou neither are cold nor hot, but worse than then either, I would that thou were cold or hot. See, lukewarmness, amen, it's like, it says, why halt you between two opinions? If God be, God follow him. See, the thing about it is you can't, you can't be in between. You and I cannot be in between. The in-between individual, I remember in my own life, you know, going through the motions, coming to church, you know, week after week, but feeling miserable because I wasn't totally sold out. I wasn't totally sold out. I wanted the stuff. I wanted, you know, the promises. I wanted all those things, but I didn't want to give God my whole heart. I didn't want him to come in and, 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 and deal with the inside of me because sometimes that's painful, Amen. When you got to expose all that ick and uck and all that mess. And you don't want to sometimes allow God to come in and to deal with the mess. As I said last week or week before, we, 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 we'll give him all the stuff that everyone else can see. You know, Lord, yeah, you know, I got a, I got a drinking habit. I got a, you know, an anger habit. I got a problem with this. But how about those deep issues? The things that you tell nobody about. And so many times we come through church and we go through the motions, Amen. And, and, and I'm not talking to you again. I'm talking to somebody you might know. You can take this and share it with somebody, amen. But we go through the motions, amen, and, 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 and we go year in and year out, and we come to church feeling one way and leave out the same way. Well, we got to put a stop to this, amen. What does this lifestyle look like? It resembles the children of Israel. They wanted so much to be like the world. You guys remember when uh, they wanted a king, when God was their king, amen? See, a mundane life, amen, that type of lifestyle, it's earthly. Again, it's earthly, it's worldly. It wants and it resembles the world, amen? 
And see, so I, I found, you know, before I came to Relentless, I, I wanted to check out other churches, you know, because I wanted to be sure. And, and you'll go to places, and you, it, it's just great, big buildings and hundreds of people. But yet, you wonder, are they really who they say they are? You know, I was, in a, you know, I was driving an Uber, and I was uh, speaking to a lady. She was telling me she goes to this big, prestigious church, and she was very excited about the church. She'd been there, a member for some time. And so I got excited because I, I felt, you know, she said she belonged to church. I just assumed she was a believer. So I began to talk to her about the Lord, right? And, and then we got, got to talking about healing, laying hands. She said, whoo, man, that stuff freaks me out. <laughs> and I had to pause for a minute. I said, what's being taught at this church? I mean, I know thousands of people go to this church. I mean, it's very prestigious. And I'm like, wow. But you got people afraid to pray in tongues? You got people afraid to lay hands. Now, they have all the accolades. They have everything. I mean, they own property. I, I mean, if I told you the church, you would be, oh, but they have everything. But yet, there's something missing. I said for many years that the body of Christ has been lulled to sleep with stuff and believe that they have arrived to the place of destiny. But if your place of destiny only includes you and yours, then there's something wrong with that picture. God says, I'll bless you and make you a blessing in Genesis 12 too. When you and I are stuck in this mundane lifestyle, we cannot fulfill the plan of God for our lives or anyone else. The mundane lifestyle not only comes to keep us stuck, it also comes to put you in bondage. In a... 1 Samuel 8, 7 through, I'm not going to read them all, but it's through, you can read them on your own, through the 16th. I'm going to paraphrase some. It says in the 7th verse, And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. The 8th verse says, According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day, Wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. Now therefore, hearken unto their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. See, at this point, they wanted to be like the other nations. Now, now just imagine, you got God as your king. You got King God as your king. And all of a sudden, now you're looking at what other people have, and you want the same thing, not realizing that you got it all. Amen. But they wanted to be. So now here is what's going to happen once you try to fit into the world. Because one thing that I've learned, the world don't like you. Whether you believe it or not. Amen. They don't like you. And they're waiting for you to fall so they can say, I told you wasn't saved. I told you something wasn't right about him. Amen. They're watching you. Amen. Now, when you were when you were dead and in sin, nobody cared about you. When Lazarus was alive, amen, nobody cared about him. But until he died and came back, now all eyes want to see Lazarus. Amen. All eyes want to come because they're watching now. Because now that which was dead is now alive. And so the world does not want anything to do with you. So here it is. We trying to fit into a world. You got churches that they call, quote, unquote, uh, seeker friendly, amen, making adjustments. You go to a church and sit in that church and never get convicted. I've been in the places where I was living in sin and had no conviction, and it seemed like I could do anything and still come to church. That's not good. The Bible says that God chastens them that he loves. 
Now, I know for sure you're going to get the word of God here. You come here in this place and you got sin in your life. Amen. We're going to help you get rid of it. Amen. Amen. Come on. We're going to preach the gospel. Amen. Amen. And we're not going to hold back. Amen. Amen. Because guess what? Those who get in this pulpit are accountable before God. Preachers have become motivational speakers. I've asked one person, I said, what, what, uh, what, what's your pastor's name? Man, what's Doc's name? Man, what's Doc's name? That's what he said. And I said, what are you talking about? Man, man I, I, I'm real excited. I said, what are you talking about? What are you preaching about? I don't know, man, but I'm excited. That's, come on, that's not good. But that's what the mundane, the earthly, the worldly resembles. Amen. We, we, we try to get people pumped up. Amen. We try to get people pumped up. I'm not here to pump you up. I'm here to give you the gospel. I'm here to get you right. See, this word is for me. I need to get right as well. See, the thing about it is preachers got to be more transparent. I got issues as well. So here he says this is what's going to happen since they want to be worldly. He says, and Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto his people that asked him of a king and said, this will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself for his chariots and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before his chariots. And he will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties. And will set them to air his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his instruments of war and instruments of chariots. And he will take your daughters to be confessionaries and to be cooks and to be bakers. And he will take your fields and your vineyards and your olive gardens and even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he will take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants. And he will take your men servants and your maid servants and your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to his work. So you still trying to fit in? Amen. See, where's the... Well, should be trying to get like us, but so much is happening to the church that the church is trying to resemble the world. And we've forgotten the one key ingredient that I really don't see taught much is holiness. See, that's the difference between us and the world. There, there's holiness. I remember coming up as a young man in the Pentecostal church. Now, they used to do it. It was a little bit extreme. I remember my sisters used to wear, you know, skirts down to their ankles, and they couldn't wear makeup, and they couldn't wear earrings and all those things. I, you know, and it was a little bit extreme. But what the focus was on holiness, but I think because of Things like that in religion, people pushed all the way to the far right. So now anything goes when we come to church. Amen. And I find that in, in some millennials, I won't say all, they don't understand that because we hadn't had the, the, the elderly women, the, the older women to teach them. I remember in the church, a woman would come in with a dress too short, and the older mother would come, and she would put one of those, uh, I don't know if they, what they call them, like a, a, a white napkin or something over their legs for them. But right now, in this church, in this day and time, in the Monday, we're afraid to offend. Listen, listen, the Bible says offense is going to come. Jesus came and offended. But we're too afraid to hurt someone's feelings. We're too afraid to step on someone's toes. And that's what the mundane lifestyle will get you to be like. Ineffective, neutered, like a worker bee, like a drone, doing nothing, just going in circles. Cannot produce. Have no reproduction organs. Will not produce after your own kind. When you try to fit in. But God is calling us out of that, amen? 
He's opening our eyes. One of the keys we've been talking about heaven coming, one of the keys is we got to get right here first. Before revival comes, we got to get it right. See, we're praying for revival, but guess what? Revival has to take place in you and I. Revival has to take place on the inside. We need to get down before God daily. Lord, if there's anything in my life, if there's anything, show me, reveal it. I'm not afraid to see it. I want to make the adjustment. I want to change. Give me, listen, help me in my unbelief. Help me where I can't change. Help me, Lord. Uncover it. Use some of my friends. Listen, one thing you have to remain is teachable. Because when somebody comes, listen, I don't care who it is, if they're carrying the word of the Lord and they speak into your life, you need to listen. If they're an authority in your life, even a friend, the Lord give. listen, how does God speak to us if he's not speaking through a man or through his word or through... Look at our children today with all the electronics and that they have and no time to dream or to use their imagination to be creative. They have become ordinary and banal, devoid of freshness or originality, unimaginative. This is what the mundane lifestyle looks like, and we think we're doing them a favor by buying them Android phones and tablets and game consoles, but we are opening the door to this lifestyle. I look at my son, and, and I brought him the PlayStation and the Xbox, and I see him, you know, he go down there, man, he's sweating till he's funky. Amen. And that's, you know, I, I mean, that's just the real deal. He will not move because he, he doesn't get to play during the week. But then, it's, I mean, it's like these, I heard that people are getting divorced over Fortnite. What kind of foolishness is this? Now, I'm not beating up anybody that plays that game. But what I'm trying to say is that's foolishness. But when we allow that to come in and seep into the church, when the church is not being who God has called us to be, you get all sorts of foolishness and things like that happening in the church. God is calling us to the extraordinary, to be supernatural beings, to step into the fourth dimension. But if you live in this third dimension and all you're concerned about is where five senses, is what you sense, touch, taste, and can feel and see, you'll never see the kingdom at hand. You'll never be one who can bring heaven. Amen. Because when heaven comes, it comes with authority. It comes with power. It comes with answers. It comes with solutions. And the mundane life don't bring that. I've, I've listened to many. And, I, 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 you know, I, 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 there's, there's some people I just can't even listen to anymore because they, be, they become watered down. And they become more so motivational speakers. Because they're trying to please the crowd and they're trying to keep that engine going. You know, they're trying to get that. And see, when you try to do it on your own, you'll continue doing it on your own. And I thank God that here, really, we're not trying to do it on our own. Amen. I thank God for my leaders here. I thank God for the elders. I thank God for the pastors here. Amen. I see them and they're people after God's own heart. I Listen, I, I came here to spy out the land. I didn't just jump in. Amen. <laughs> Come on. I, I didn't just jump in. I came here. I didn't even bring my family the first few weeks I came here because I wanted to see what this place was about. I done been to a few churches, amen. I've seen some churches, amen. And I'm going to tell you the thing. When I saw the coffee and the donuts, I said, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw Pastor Malik with a, with a, with a blonde mohawk. I said, oh. I, I said, 
I, when, and when, when Sister Holly showed me, yeah, that's my pastor over there at the food court. I said, oh, God. But you see how the religious mind can be at times? <laughs> but when I got in here, that Sunday, you know, they, they were just worshiping. I think it's on the fifth Sunday that they would just have worship. And, no man, and, man, and, and, and wow, the presence of the Lord was here. Come on. And where the presence of the Lord is, and, and, and listen, it's freedom. And I came in and I had freedom, amen. And so I kept another week. And then finally I told my wife, I think this is the place. And she came with my kids. And then when I can look into the audience and I can see my children worshiping God. See, it's one thing for me to worship God, but see, the barometer is my children. And when I see my children worshiping God, I know something's touching them, amen. When I saw my son last week praising God, had his hands open. I'm talking about my little quiet man. He don't say much. Hallelujah. How do we break free from this lifestyle? One of the things that Paul says, he says, and he says, but I beat my body and I bring it into submission. Lest by any means, after I preach to others, I myself should be rejected. The maraud of things pulling us different directions makes it all too easy for our time to get swallowed in, up in the mundane lesser matters. And the things that have eternal value most of the time get put on the back burner. So to avoid losing focus, we need to prioritize and set goals. Amen. I think that everything should be prioritized around our time with God. And I'm not saying I do it all the time. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of not doing that. I'm guilty of, hey, oh, I got to pray in the car. Because, I, you know, I, I, I might have watched the Netflix. And now I'm tired. Oh, preachers don't do that? Come on. And so now I'm tired, and, and I got to get up at 545, so I really don't want to get up at 445 or, or, you know, something like that when I just went to bed at 1 because I've been watching Netflix. See, we have to prioritize our life, and that's how that little worm gets in there. It, 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 it seems harmless at times. You know, it seems harmless how this lifestyle can get in and wiggle its way into your household and into your church. It seems harmless. But listen, we got to be on top of these things here at Relentless. We got to be on top of these things in our lives. We got to be able to be our toughest and staunchest critic. Amen. Got to be hard on ourselves. Just don't let yourself get away with something. You don't have to say yes to everything. Say no. We have the power to say no. Oh, somebody struggling with drugs and alcohol. I struggle with it, too. And I have the power to say no. You got the power to say no, too. We've been here before. You done been through this so many times. Now it's time to say no. Come on, we got to stop babying people. Amen. In the church. We got to build them up. Amen. And we, we teach them. We give them the truth in love. Now, if you can't give them the truth in love, shut up. I, I, I'm being real with it. Come on. You know, man, you, you, know, you find that some people, they just want to know your business. Amen? Then they want to tell somebody else about what you're going through. But then there are those who are genuine, and they really want to help you, and they really have the love of God, and they want to minister to you. Open up. Open up. Allow them to minister to you. 
Amen. Confess your faults one to another that you might be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. When they begin to pray for you, amen, that's what, see, the reason why you want to know what they're going through so that you can pray for them. There's sometimes people come to me and I say, listen, I don't even want to know. You know, I, 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 I got to be honest. And we have to be transparent. Hallelujah. You know, they, the, that church, they thought that they were well off and already they were indifferent in whether they grew or not. Because thou sayest I'm rich and increase with goods. You see, they knew they had some stuff. Let's look at this. Uh, let's look at the difference between the thought, the thoughts that they had of themselves and the thoughts that Jesus had. Number one, the high thoughts that they had of themselves. They said, thou sayest I'm rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing. Rich and growing richer and increase to such a degree as to be above all want or possibility of wanting. Maybe they were well provided for as to their bodies. And this made them overlook the necessities of their soul, or they thought themselves well furnished in their souls. They had learning, and they took it for religion. They had gifts, and they took them for grace. They had wit, and they took it for true wisdom. They had ordinances, and they took them up, uh, 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 up with them instead of the God of ordinance. How careful should we be to not put the cheat upon our own souls? Doubtless there are many in hell that once thought themselves to be in the way to heaven. Let us daily beg of God that we may not be left to flatter and deceive ourselves in the concerns of our soul. Bridgewater. Come on, that's real right there. There are many that think they're going to heaven, amen. Jesus said, listen, he said, haven't I cast out spirits in your name? Haven't I healed the sick? He said, I know you not, you workers of iniquity. That word know is an intimate word, amen. You see, it, it, it means intercourse, amen. You know, Abraham knew Sarah and they conceived. Amen. He said, now, we, we haven't had that spiritual concourse. We haven't come across. I don't know you. I'm not familiar with you. See, how does a man really get familiar with his wife? Amen. Uh, listen, when they get intimate sometimes, amen, spending time together, amen, come on. And he's saying, you didn't spend no time with me. I know you not. So when they thought they were on their way to heaven, amen, they ended up in we don't talk about that place in church no more, do we? <laughs> hey, I ain't here hell in a long time. <laughs> Come on. Come on, see, listen. We, we, hey. <laughs> Come on. Hallelujah. Man, I'm excited, man, I tell you. Oh, man. Christ still loves his people and asks them to welcome him to every part of their lives. Even the church as a whole ignores his, even if the church in whole ignores his requests, those individuals who open their lives to him will know the joy of the constant fellowship with him. See, when we open our lives to him, amen, he'll come in. No matter what the body is doing, amen, if we, if you as individuals, if us as a church open our hearts to Jesus, he'll come in. Amen. Let, why, why, why can't we be that church that revival fire flows through? Why can't we be that church? Amen. We don't have to be like the other nations. Amen. You see, that, uh, Israel had the opportunity to be that church. 
to be that people, amen, but they decided they wanted to be like the others in the, in the world. They wanted to have a king. Come on. We don't need a taskmaster. He's not, listen, Jesus is not a taskmaster. The Bible says he's a good shepherd, amen. He leads me beside still waters, amen. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, amen. Come on, he's a good shepherd, amen. And this is what they traded for a king. They traded a king for a good shepherd. That's what the mundane lifestyle looks like, the earthly, banal, ordinary. You might still, you have a good job, you have a home, you got all the accolades, you have it going on. And that's what the, the people in Laodicea had. So they counted that as spirituality. It's a mindset. Kind of like Job's friends. Automatically, they thought Job was in sin because he lost his stuff. You got people in the church tell you, you ain't grown. I had, I had, I had someone say years ago, say, you ain't grown until you own. <laughs> so you mean I got to have some housing stuff before I'm growing in the Lord? So the mindset for, I remember, I remember spent, I'm telling you, it damaged me because for some time I, I was down and depressed because everybody else was buying housing, buying stuff and getting stuff and I'm like, Lord, what's going on? But I'm just still giving. I'm still sowing. And, and, and I was even sowing into some of the people that were buying houses. But I was like, Lord, what's going on? And then you're not growing to your own. So I'm struggling, <laughs> feeling miserable because I didn't have. But you see, I'm, you know, when, when, when you're trying to fit in and be like the world, you'll never fit in. I remember when I was out there doing drugs and, and people knew that I grew up in the church. And I remember... I remember these guys after I spent all my money. Now, none of these guys had no money. So I, I spent, I, I might have spent about $1,000. And this fool going to look at me and say to me, you know, Tim, you should have stayed in church. Man, you know, I wanted to slap him. You understand? After, why do you tell me that before my money was gone? <laughs> amen. See, the world don't really want nothing to do with you. They'll use what you have, amen, and tell you, listen, <laughs> you should have went back. You should have stayed in church. <laughs> but, you, you know, and so, you know, what, 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 what? Pastor Tim, what are you saying? I'm saying we got to break free from this lifestyle. Amen. We got to self-examinate ourselves. You know, William Shakespeare once wrote, to thine own self be true. I, I believe this. If you can't be to your, your, true to yourself, it's insanity. If you're sitting there and looking in the mirror every day and lying to yourself, there's something wrong with that. You know who you really are. Come on. You know, you might try to deny it to others. Amen. Because, you know, you want to fit in. You want to belong. But you and I, we know. I know who I am. I know I make mistakes. I know I mess up, but I'm quick to come to God. Amen. I'm quick to run to Jesus. Amen. I'm quick to repent, meaning I do an about face. Yeah. Amen. And if I mess up again, guess what? His grace is there and it's sufficient to pick me back up again. Amen. Come on. I've messed up many a times. Man, I, I believe at one point I was the wretchedness of the wretched. But guess what? His grace was sufficient for me. His love carried me. His love cared for me. And it changed me into the man of God that I am today. And I'm still striving to be even more that God has called me to be. Thank you for listening to the Relentless DC Podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. For more information about Relentless DC, go to www.relentlessdc.com or facebook.com forward slash relentless DC.